Chapter Twenty Two of Isaac Bickerstaff. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Isaac Bickerstaff, Physician and Astrologer, by Richard Steele. Chapter Twenty Two Night and Day. From my own apartment, December thirteenth. An old friend of mine, being lately come to town, I went to see him on Tuesday, last about eight o'clock in the evening with a design to sit with him an hour or two and talk over old stories. But, upon inquiring after him, his servant told me he was just gone to bed. The next morning, as soon as I was up and dressed, and had dispatched a little business, I came again to my friend's house about eleven o'clock, with a design to renew my visit. But, upon asking for him, his servant told me he was just sat down to dinner. In short, I found that my old-fashioned friend religiously adhered to the example of his forefathers, and observed the same hours that had been kept in the family ever since the conquest. It is very plain that the night was much longer formerly in this island than it is at present. By the night, I mean that portion of time which nature has thrown into darkness, and which the wisdom of mankind had firmly dedicated to rest and silence. This used to begin at eight o'clock in the evening, and conclude at six in the morning. The curfew, or eight o'clock bell, was the signal throughout the nation for putting out their candles and going to bed. Our grandmothers, though they were wont to sit up the last in the family, were all of them fast asleep at the same hours that their daughters are busy at crimp and basset. Modern statesmen are concerning schemes and engaging in the depth of politics, at the same time when their forefathers were laid down quietly to rest and had nothing in their heads but dreams. As we have thus thrown business and pleasure into the hours of rest, and by that means made the natural night but half as long as it should be, we are forced to piece it out with a great part of the morning, so that near two-thirds of the nation lie fast asleep for several hours in broad daylight. This irregularly is grown so very fashionable at present, that there is scarcely a lady of quality in Great Britain that ever saw the sun rise. And, if the humour increases in proportion to what it has done of late years, it is not impossible but our children may hear the bell-man going about the streets at nine o'clock in the morning, and the watch making their rounds till eleven this unaccountable disposition in mankind to continue awake in the night and sleep in sunrise has made me inquire whether the same change of inclination has happened to any other animals for this reason i desired a friend of mine in the country to let me know whether the lark rises as early as he did formerly and whether the cock begins to crow at his usual hour my friend has answered me that his poultry are as regular as ever, and that all the birds and the beasts of his neighborhood kept the same hours that they have observed in their memory of man, and the same which, in all probability, they have kept for these five thousand years. If you would see the innovators that have been made among us in this particular, you may only look into the hours of colleges, where they still dine at eleven, and sup at six which were doubtless the hours of the whole nation at the time when those places were founded. 
but at present the courts of justice are scarce opened in westminster hall at the time when william rufus used to go to dinner in it all business is driven forward the landmarks of our forefathers if i may so call them are removed and planted farther up into the day insomuch that i am afraid our clergy will be obliged if they expect full congregations not to look any more upon ten o'clock in the morning as a canonical hour in my own memory the dinner has crept by degrees from twelve o'clock to three and where it will fix nobody knows i have sometimes thought to draw up a memorial in the behalf of supper against dinner setting forth that the said dinner has made several encroachments upon the said supper and entered up very far upon his frontiers that he has banished him out of several families and in all has driven him from his headquarters and forced him to make his retreat into the hours of midnight and in short that he is now in danger of being entirely confounded and lost in a breakfast those who have read lucian and seen the complaints of the letter t against s upon account of many injuries and usurpations of the same nature will not i believe think such a memorial forced and unnatural if dinner has thus been postponed or if you please kept back from time to time you may be sure that it has been in compliance with the other business of the day and that supper has still observed a proportionable distance there is a venerable proverb which we have all of us heard in our infancy of putting the children to bed and laying the goose to the fire this was one of the jocular sayings of our forefathers but may be probably used in the literal sense at present who would not wonder at this perverted relish of those who are reckoned the most polite part of mankind that prefers sea-coals and candles to the sun and exchange so many cheerful morning hours for the pleasures of midnight revels and debauch if a man was only to consult his health he would choose to live his whole time if possible in daylight and to retire out of the world into silence and sleep while the raw damps and unwholesome vapours fly abroad without a sun to disperse moderate or control them for my own part i value an hour in the morning as much as common libertines do an hour at midnight when i find myself awakened into being and perceive my life renewed within me and at the same time see the whole face of nature recovered out of the dark uncomfortable state in which it lay for several hours my heart overflows with such secret sentiments of joy and gratitude as are a kind of implicit praise to the great author of nature the mind in these early seasons of the day is so refreshed in all its faculties and borne up with such new supplies of animal spirits that she finds herself in a state of youth especially when she is entertained with the breath of flowers the melody of birds the dews that hang upon the plants and all those other sweets of nature that are peculiar to the morning 
it is impossible for a man to have this relish of being this exquisite taste of life who does not come into the world before it is in all its noise and hurry who loses the rising of the sun in still hours of the day and immediately upon his first getting up plunges himself into the ordinary cares or follies of the world i shall conclude this paper with milton's inimitable description of adam's awakening his eve in paradise which indeed would have been a place as little delightful as a barren heath or desert to those who slept in it the fondness of the posture in which adam is represented and the softness of his paper are passages in this divine poem that are above all commendation and rather to be admired than praised now morn her rosy steps in the eastern clime advancing sowed the earth with orient pearl when adam waked so customed for his sleep was airy light from pure digestion bred and temperate vapours bland which the only sound of leaves and fluming rills aurora's fan lightly dispersed and the shrill man song of birds on every bow so much the more his wonders was to find unawakened eve with tresses discomposed and glowing cheek as though unquiet rest he on his side leaning half raised with looks of cordial love hung over her enamoured and beheld beauty which whether waking or asleep shot forth peculiar graces then with voice mild as when zephyrus on flora breathes her hand soft touching whispered thus awake my fairest my esposed my latest found heaven's last best gift my ever new delight awake the morning shines and the fresh field calls us we lose the prime to mark how spring our tendered plants how blows the citron grove what drops the mirth and what the balmy reed how nature paints her colours how the bee sits on the bloom extracting liquid sweet such whispering waked her but with startled eye on adam who embracing thus she spake o soul in whom my thoughts find all repose my glory my perfection glad i see thy face and morn returned paradise lost volume one end of chapter twenty two read by elijah fisher